97.1 FM, The Drive presents the Behind the Song podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. In this episode of Behind the Song, let's go through the looking glass and into the lyrics of A Whiter Shade of Pale by Procol Harum. The band formed in the early 60s in Essex, England, and the origins of their unusual name have long been the subject of debate among fans. And what does it mean, Procol Harum? Well, in Latin, the similar-sounding phrase Procol Harum, with an N, translates roughly to beyond these things. But the band's name is also said to come from a breed of cat owned by their manager at the time. The legend goes that it was a Burmese cat whose pedigree name was Procol Harum, words that have a fantastic element when you say them out loud. And it could be just as simple as that, that the band were named after a cat with a cool name, which also happened to mean something cool in Latin. It is said that the words morphed into Procol Harum with an M after Keith Reed, the band's lyricist and songwriter, got the spelling mixed up after taking too much cold medicine. There are claims that the cat didn't belong to the band's manager, Guy Stevens, who later went on to produce The Clash's London Calling album at all but to a roadie known for his side gig as a purveyor of illicit goods. The few pictures that exist of the supposed cat are questionable, chiefly because one of them, a photo that was presented in a press article as the band's namesake, Procol Heron, was of an Abyssinian cat, another breed entirely from the Burmese in the original story, and that Abyssinian's name was found out to be Pandora, which, by the way, was further debated when, years later... Procol Harum included the song Pandora's Box on their eighth album, Procol's Ninth. Guy Stevens, the manager with the supposed namesake Cat, passed away in 1981. Gary Brooker, lead singer and songwriter for the band, has claimed in interviews that it was indeed a Burmese cat with a magical disposition who would not, could not be photographed. And so the cat that is intertwined in legend in the naming of Procol Harum has done that most cat-like of things, which any cat fancier knows is part and parcel to the disposition of the species. It disappeared. Disappeared. And it does seem fitting that there's a Cheshire cat quality to all this, even the origins of the band's name, considering that Procol Harum were one of the first progressive rock success stories, A band that married classical music to literary influences, sure. But then somehow threw a little bit of soul drawn from their love of Stax Records and Motown into their singular brand of 60s English psychedelia. A Whiter Shade of Pale became a huge hit worldwide when it was released as a single in the summer of 1967, seemingly out of nowhere. It went to number one on the UK chart and went to number five on the Billboard chart here in the U.S., all without anyone really knowing widely who the band were. They had yet to even do one tour. And the song climbed the charts with very little promotion. It did the work, seemingly, all by itself. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. And the song came about surprisingly easily, too. 
It was recorded in just two takes at Olympic Studios in London with no torturous overdubs or expensive multiple sessions. Gary Brooker on vocals and piano. Ray Royer on guitar. This was before Robin Trower joined and in many ways stabilized Procol Harum as guitarist on subsequent albums. He joined shortly after the release of A Wider Shade of Pale, but had been in previous bands, an R&B outfit in particular with Brooker called The Paramounts. On bass, David Knights. And at the time the band recorded the song, Procol Harum didn't even have a drummer. So a jazz session drummer named Bill Aiden was hired to play on the recording session. Matthew Fisher played the Hammond organ on a wider shade of pale, without which it would certainly be a much different song. In the late 2000s, Fisher won co-writing credit and a landmark case in the British High Court after years of seeing royalties go to the two who were credited with it up to that point as sole writers, Brooker and Keith Reed. Fisher claimed that his contributions to the unforgettable organ solos at the beginning and throughout the song were his creation, not Brooker's, and obtained the rights to a percentage of future royalties as a result. The case has had some impact on claims to contributions by musicians who were not credited originally on classic hit songs. Fisher quit Procol Harum for good a few years before the case, in 2004, got a computer engineering degree and now works as a computer programmer in London. Quite a second act, all told. And on the opening organ part, there is some similarity between the sound coming out of Fisher's Hammond organ and Bach's air on the G-string from his orchestral suite number three. Here's Bach's. And here's the opening riff to A Wider Shade of Pale. In an interview with Uncut Magazine, Brooker said that he did take a bar or two of the chordal element from Bach's piece and infused it into the arrangement for this song. One wonders if Bach could do anything but agree were he around to hear it. And there's another significant element to this song that helps explain its instant familiarity. Not the 1,000th time that you've heard it, but the first time. When Brooker delivered the lyrics, it sounded very much like Percy Sledge on the song When a Man Loves a Woman, which was a huge soul hit that had been released the year before A Whiter Shade of Pale flew across the airwaves in 1967. But while Sledge's song was a straightforward accounting of his love for a woman, the lyrical content of Procol Harum's hit was a bit more challenging. The lyrics were written by Keith Reed, poet who co-founded the band with Gary Brooker. Reed is unique in that he contributed only the lyrics to the band, neither singing them nor performing any of the music, and he was a member of Procol Harum until they disbanded in 1977. In this, he shares a creative distinction with the likes of Bernie Taupin, Elton John's longtime songwriting partner and lyricist, and with Peter John Sinfield, who contributed lyrics to King Crimson and Emerson Lake and Palmer. Sinfield wrote the lyrics for Greg Lake's solo hit, I Believe in Father Christmas, which you can hear about in episode 57 of Behind the Song. Reed masterminded the lyrical direction of Procol Harum's songs completely, a kind of Oz behind the curtain when it came to the words in the songs. And on this song, he managed to do several unusual things for a rock tune. 
He came up with a template of a phrase that has wormed its way into the vernacular at large. He incorporated a story from medieval times, and he managed to give rock fans in the summer of love a song that seemed almost spiritual when so many in the peace and love seeking set were looking for something new to satisfy a mood for inner reflection. The lyrics of A Wider Shade of Pale start like this We skip the light fandango. Turn cartwheels across the floor. I was feeling kind of seasick, but the crowd called out for more. The room was humming harder as the ceiling flew away. When we called out for another drink, the waiter brought a tray. And so it was that later, as the miller told his tale, that her face at first just ghostly turned a whiter shade of pale. Keith Reed said he had the phrase a whiter shade of pale in his head and used that as the basic building block for the song. What's interesting about that phrase, in some interviews he says he overheard it at a party, is that over time it's become something used to put emphasis on descriptions for everything from hair color to teeth whitening systems to a particular strain and color of roses. The term has been filtered around to extend to other colors. In literature, A Darker Shade of Blue is the title of at least a handful of books. Reed was finally credited in the late 90s for introducing this phrase into the English language when it was entered into the Oxford Dictionary of Phrase, Saying, and Quotation, which satisfied Reed since up to that point he said he could pick up the newspaper almost any week of the year and see a ripoff of the term in an ad for a product. Aside from that, The song that Reed intended to be a straight ahead love song veered quickly off into the inscrutable. From the start, the words, We skipped the light fandango, is a pretty fabulous way of saying, We dance together. The narrator dancing and having drinks with a girl at a bar. Reed said these lines were his way of being evocative. He was really young when he wrote the song, and he thought it all sounded very grown up. But the song takes a literary turn, too. In the lines in the chorus at the end, He recounts that later, the miller told his tale, and that after hearing it, the girl's face went from pale to ghostly, a wider shade of pale, as if she'd been frightened out of her wits by that story. I think the album artwork for the band's debut depicts this perfectly a drawing of a sad faced girl walking past a tree, all drawn in white against a black background. It is as minimalist and arresting as the song that inspired it. The Miller line is what takes this moody, soul-tinged, Baroque rock song and plants it among the arcane. The Miller's Tale is, of course, from Geoffrey Chaucer's A Canterbury Tales, which you may have had to learn in high school English class, it being one of the most famous stories in the English language. A tale from the 1300s that is basically this. A character called the Miller liked to drink and tell stories and argued to tell his story at a pub. It was about a carpenter and his wife and two young men who wanted her for themselves and the hilarious and raunchy competition that ensued, one of them winning the heart of the wife and the two of them fooling the carpenter and shaming the other suitor all in one night. It is a story full of tongue-in-cheek wordplay and downright naughty scenarios. So one has to wonder if, as the song says, When the girl's face turned from at first just ghostly to a whiter shade of pale upon hearing the miller's tale, if she wasn't perhaps being caught at something, 
which the Miller character in the song was laying out as a simple barroom story, but which, in fact, was a kind of gotcha moment in the context of this song. Was the girl cheating on someone, tripping the light fandango at the bar with someone she wasn't supposed to? I mentioned earlier that Reed said he wanted it to be a love song. What he meant by that was he wanted it to be a girl-leaves-boy love song. Like the story in The Miller's Tale by Chaucer, when the carpenter's wife was, in effect, willingly stolen away from her husband by one of her two new suitors. The song is, at its barest, a tale about romantic wreckage. And then Fisher's Hammond organ ratchets up with the solo between the first and the second part of the song. That, in and of itself, a weird way to structure a song. Two verses, that's it, each with the chorus tacked to the end. There were, in fact, four verses of this song written, but only two made it to the recording, and only one other verse was ever played by the band in concert. The fourth, like the mysterious cat that Procol Harum may or may not have been named for, has disappeared from official record. So, on to the second verse. She said there is no reason, and the truth is plain to see. But I wandered through my playing cards and would not let her be. One of sixteen vestal virgins who were leaving for the coast. And although my eyes were open, they might have just as well have been closed. And so it was that later, as the miller told his tale, that her face at first just ghostly turned a whiter shade of pale. Of this final verse and chorus, we definitely see the psychedelic elements of the 1960s hard at work. The first lines of this verse, she said, There is no reason, and the truth is plain to see, but I wandered through my playing cards and would not let her be, could be paralleled to Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll, of which more than a few bands of this era referenced in song. In the story, Alice wanders through Wonderland, at one point through a deck of cards commanded by the Queen of Hearts, as she chased the White Rabbit to an unknown destination. The parallels between this and the idea of how a certain kind of forbidden love or hopeless love is a fool's errand are connectable through these lines from Procol Harum as well, especially since he could not let her be. And what about the mysterious 16 Vestal Virgins? Well, in Roman mythology... Vestal virgins were tasked by the Roman god Vesta to keep a sacred fire always burning. So when in the song the 16 Vestal virgins headed for the coast, we can assume that the fire was left untended and went out. As the song continues, the narrator's eyes are open, but they may just as well have been closed, perhaps him not seeing until it was too late that the ship had sailed on his love interest, so to speak, and that, in fact, the girl was gone. And the song fades with just the first line of the chorus again at the end, almost suggesting that the song or the story doesn't end at all, but rather stretches out into an infinity loop in the listener's mind. As Brooker sings again on the way out of the song, the line, And so it was that later. Speaking of later, over 50 years have now passed since this song reached its first set of ears on the radio in Britain, when a DJ in London played it for the first time and instantly and correctly proclaimed it a massive hit. In June of 1967, another British psychedelic masterpiece topped the album chart, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by The Beatles. A Wider Shade of Pale by the then-unknown Procol Harum held the number one spot on the singles chart. 
One of the biggest fans of the song was none other than John Lennon, who was on record as saying he was downright obsessed with the whiter shade of pale, playing it while driving his Rolls Royce around the English countryside over and over again that summer, forcing anyone who got into his car to listen to it on repeat. It went on to become one of the best-selling singles in music history, selling over 10 million copies. As I mentioned, it went to number five in the U.S. on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and went to number 22 on the Soul chart in the U.S. It was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1998, and in 2018, it was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It has nearly stolen the scene in several movies, including The Big Chill, and it's been covered by artists ranging from Annie Lennox to Willie Nelson. The song is track number one on the U.S. release of Procol Harum's self-titled debut album, but it doesn't appear at all on the version released in the U.K., perhaps the U.K. singles market being such at the time that the record label figured fans already owned the 45. That's a tip from one vinyl collector to another if you're looking to add this somewhat hard-to-find album to your collection. A Whiter Shade of Pale immediately captured the imagination and mood of music lovers in the summer of love in 1967, and it never lost its mystique in the years since, popping into and out of popular culture like a Cheshire cat. And how fitting that is for a song that seemed to come from nowhere, for a band that was probably named after a cat, which couldn't be photographed, wouldn't be photographed, and then disappeared. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for the music you hear on this podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Podcast One, or stream for free at WDRV.com Behind the Song or on the Drive app. Subscribe to the Behind the Song podcast on YouTube and see the video episode. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Jandalane Radio and on Twitter and TikTok at Jandalane. On the way, episodes about lyrics from one of rock's greatest love song duets and more classic rock and roll. Put the power of podcasting to work for your business. You can be part of Behind the Song and reach potential customers inside every episode. To advertise your product or service by sponsoring Behind the Song, send an email to podcast at hubbardradio.com now.